Egyptian Legends and Stories The Story of Sinu This tale is of a Middle Kingdom date. There are various versions as it was a popular story. Sinu was an attendant of Nifru, the wife of Senusret I and daughter of Amenemhet I. Sinu was at Lisht when Amenemhet died. The co-regent Senusret was on a campaign against the Libyans, from which he was returning with captives and booty. The palace officials sent to tell him that his father had died, and he returned immediately, leaving the army without informing anyone. However, the other royal sons had also been informed, and some of them arrived at the royal residence before him. Sinu expected that there would be trouble over the accession, and if this was so, expected that he would suffer. He therefore fled from the court. He went through the desert till he came to the region of the quartzite quarries at the Gebel Amma. He crossed the walls of the ruler at night. He then began to cross the desert of Sinai and almost died of thirst. He was saved by a troop of Bedouin who had been down to Egypt and who gave him water and milk. He went with them, and the ruler of the upper retinue, Syria, sent for him and asked why he had fled from Egypt. Sinu replied with a series of half-truths, admitting the death of Amenemhet, but not admitting that he had been afraid of a conspiracy to keep Senusret off the throne. Sinu therefore remained with the priest of Retinu, who helped him and married him to his eldest daughter. He was allotted good land in Yah. It was a land of figs, grapes, honey, oil, and barley, with all kinds of cattle. He was near the desert, and wild game was caught for him daily. He had wine, cooked meat, cooked fowl, and fresh bread daily. He kept open house and received the Egyptian envoys on their journey to Syria. His children grew up and became heads of the tribes. Then the local people became jealous of his success, and one of the champions came to challenge him to personal combat. This Sinu won, shooting him in the neck with an arrow and cutting his head off with an axe. He received all the champion's cattle and goods, stripping all that was in his tent. Sinu, therefore, became rich. He was not happy, because as he grew older, his thoughts turned to Egypt, and he wished to return home. He therefore sent a message to King Senesret, who in reply sent him royal gifts and a royal decree. This admitted that there was no case against Sinu, that he had gone off to the foreign country of his own free will and asking him to come back to Egypt. It asked him to think of the day of burial. It said in part, You shall not die abroad, nor shall the Asiatics bury you. You shall not be wrapped in a sheep's hide as a coffin. Too long have you been wandering the world away from Egypt. Come home. Think of your dead body. Sinu was delighted to receive the document and danced and shouted for joy. He wrote back immediately, admitting he had fled in fear. What of he did not admit? He said he would return as soon as he had disposed of all he had in Yah. 
he handed over all his possessions to his eldest son and went south to Egypt. He paused at the ways of Horus, the string of fortresses that line the north coast of Sinai between Egypt and Palestine. The commander of the fortresses sent a messenger to the Egyptian court to say that he had arrived. Then the Egyptian king set a trusted overseer of the royal domains to meet him and gifts for the Asiatics that had accompanied him. Then they set out for the city of Ittawa, where the court was. Here his majesty was seated in a golden kiosk. Sinu prostrated himself, but he did not know in what part of the world he was as he was so overcome with emotion. I did not know myself. My ba was gone. My limbs trembled when this god addressed me. Then his majesty spoke to the courtiers and said, Lift him up and let him speak. The members of the royal family came in, but they did not recognize him as he was dressed as an Asiatic. Then his majesty made him a companion among the nobles and sent him to the robing rooms so that he might be dressed as an Egyptian. He was bathed and cleansed, and the years rolled from him. He was shaved and his hair washed and combed. For the first time in years, he saw himself in a mirror. He was clothed in fine linen and his body anointed with oil. He returned his clothes to the land of the sand dwellers and the cedar oil to those who like it. He was given a house and land. A burial place was constructed for him and everything was done for his funeral. I was in favor with the king until the day of my departing. The Story of the Shipwrecked Sailor It is a story within a story and begins with the arrival at Elephantine, Aswan, of a ship containing the captain of a vessel which had been lost on government service in Wawat, part of Nubia. The disposed captain was lurking in his cabin when the captain of the boat came to tell him that they had arrived safely. However, he did not want to know as he was afraid that he would want to tell that he went to tell the king of his misfortunes and losses that he would be executed to cheer him up the ship's captain told him a story of what happened once to him the captain said may your heart be cheerful my lord for we have arrived at the country of egypt my sailors have driven home the mooring stakes the vessel is attached to the shore safely The offerings to the gods have been made. We have lost none of our sailors, although we went to the furthest parts of Wawat, and we have returned in peace. Wash yourself and prepare for the audience with the king. Speak to him freely. Tell him what is in your heart, and thus you may escape the veiling of the face. A reference to the face of the criminal being covered at his execution. Appease the wrath of the king, and you may be all right. Now I will relate a similar adventure that happened to me when I went to the mines of the king. I went down in a ship over 100 feet in length and 30 feet wide, and it carried 500 sailors of the best of the land of Egypt. They who had seen the earth, who had seen the sky, and who were bolder of heart than lions. They were persuaded that the high wind would not come, that disaster would not befall, 
but a high wind arose when we were in the open, and therefore we could not reach land. The gale increased so that the waves were thirty feet high. I seized a plank, and as for the ship, it sank, and of those on board, not one was left. As for me, I was washed up upon an island, and this was only because a wave of the sea threw me up upon the shore. I spent the night in a tree, afraid of wild animals, and the next three days wandered about looking for human habitation. I found on the island figs, grapes, berries, and seeds, wonderful leeks, melons, and cucumbers, as well as birds and fish. In fact, I wanted for nothing except human companionship. I then took a stick and, with the help of some dried bark, made myself a fire and made a burnt sacrifice to the gods. After I had done this, I heard a voice like thunder, and I thought the sea was getting up again. The trees shivered, the earth trembled. I flung myself on the ground, and when I recovered consciousness, I saw an immense serpent over 100 feet long and with a great tail. All his body shone as though it was covered with gold, and his eyebrows were as if they were inlaid with real lapis lazuli. And he opened his mouth and said to me, Who has brought you here, vassal? Who has brought you here? If you do not answer truly, I will reduce you to ashes and make you as you had never been. Now I was alarmed, and I lay on my face in front of this snake, and I was so afraid that I lost consciousness and could not speak. Then he took me in his mouth, and he carried me to his lair very gently, without breaking any of my bones. Then I lie still without speaking. He turned to me and said, Who has brought you? Who has brought you, vassal, to this island, the shores of which are bathed by the great green sea? And I replied to him, I am one who is going to the mines on a mission for my sovereign, the king of Egypt, in a ship over 100 feet in length and 30 feet wide. Accompanied by 500 sailors, the best of the land of Egypt. They had seen the earth, they had seen the sky, they were braver of heart than lions. They were persuaded that the gale would not come, that the sea would not rise. But when we were in the open sea... A storm got up. The waves rose to thirty feet high and the vessel broke up, and they were all drowned. Only I was saved because I took hold of a plank, and with its help I was driven by the waves to the island. The serpent said to me, Do not be afraid. Do not look so miserable. If you have come to me, it is because God has permitted you to survive and that he has led you to this island of the Ka, which is full of good things. Behold, you will wait here for four months, and then a boat will pass by, and you will know some of the crew, and you will go back with them to your own land and to your own city. When sorrows are over, it is delightful to tell of them. I am here with my brothers and my children to the number of seventy-five, and a girl who came when the star fell. This seems to refer to the fall of a meteorite. And I stretched myself on my face and I said to him, I shall describe all this to the king, and I shall cause him to know of your greatness and your goodness to me.
and I shall bring to you incense and myrrh and perfumes and offerings and burnt sacrifices of animals and birds. And he laughed and said, Use your eyes. Can you not see that all the things that you have promised me I have here already in abundance on the island? But anyway, I shall not be here to receive them, as after you have gone, the great green sea will cover this place, and it will be as if it had never been. The serpent was quite right. The ship came, as he had said, after four months, and I watched it approach, seated on a high tree, and I recognized some of the crew. Then I went at once to tell the serpent the good news, and he said, Good luck, good luck, vassal. You will go home and find all is well in your city and in your house, and these are my gifts for you. And he gave me incense, myrrh, perfumes and spices, pepper, antimony, hippopotamus tails, tusks of ivory, greyhounds, apes and giraffes, and all excellent things. And I loaded them all on the ship, and I made a last offering to the serpent, who had made me a rich man with all this merchandise, and I set sail for home. And after two months, I returned to the land of Egypt, and I told my story to the king of Egypt, and I presented to him the gifts of the serpent, and he made me one of his officers. And so I have remained to the present day. Surely my adventures will reassure you. But the captain, who had lost his ship, seemed to be unimpressed. You cannot help me, my friend, he said. Who gives water to a goose on the day it is to be killed? So that now the writing is finished from beginning to end, and this is how it was found on the papyrus. He who has written it is the scribe of clever fingers, Amun Amanu.